and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And on this joyous occasion, I don't normally drink Red Bulls or things like this, but I saw this and I was like, oh fuck, this all ties in. And I don't know if you can see this on screen, I know nobody at home can see this, but... Oh, again the fucking... Oh, it's got a fucking glare. It's literally a Street Fighter Red Bull and it has fucking Ken on the cover. Oh my god, Street Fighter Red Bull. Is it like a special flavor, or is it just kind of like, oh, to help promote like a new game coming out? No, it's the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter, and I think you get like, to snap to unlock more. I don't know if that's a Red Bull thing, or... Because you know sometimes like Call of Duty and stuff, and other shooters like Halo sometimes has had it, where like you scan your like, scan your monster in and get the point for Call of Duty, so you can get, you know, I don't know, something to fucking unlock. I don't know, shit, what do you want? You know, but I don't know if you... What the fuck? Do you lock well, Street Fighter nowadays, it's like... That game realized... Costumes, they're like, oh, wait. characters, maybe. Well, the thing is, is they probably looked at Dead or Alive and went, Oh, Dead or Alive's a $600 game. Why can't we be a $600 game? Yeah, yeah, probably That blows thing. my mind well, every single time I think about that. It's literally, if you want everything in Dead or Alive 5 for PS4 or Xbox One, that game's over $600. Fucking ridiculous. That is just... Yeah, I can't believe that right there. That is just... I think they're just kind of screwing over your fan basis, really. I mean, I know that it's like, well, they got expendable income, but at the same time, it's like, really, dude? Really? I know. I, I, I can't figure that one out. I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it's beyond me. I mean, even Street Fighter V, it's like, I like that game, but... God, sometimes even the characters, too, it's like, ah, even if it's on sale, it's like, okay, it's all on sale for like 10 bucks for like six characters. You're like, ah, six characters? Jesus Christ. Remember in Street Fighter Alpha 3, you know... I paid like 35 bucks for that game or whatever, and it was like, gave you like 40 characters. Like, what happened those days? You know, just saying. Yeah, I, I feel like we're getting less even in this time. I don't know, maybe because they realize they could charge us more. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I honestly feel like the further we go, the less we're getting. And it's almost, maybe it's kind of like a minimalist kind of thing. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't really know what, like, because it's like, I don't want to keep on doing this because it's fun to do. But like, EA, for instance, they keep on, um, they put out like that's they put out that Star Wars Battlefront game. I feel like I had less choices in any Battlefront game, which came out like ten years ago, than before. So and yeah. it's like, oh, it's a nice graphics. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It just <laughs> why don't you like? I know there's games. You know, I know you can do more. Yeah, exactly. One of those weird things. But on this little retrospect, we want to remember the good days. We want to remember before everybody started nickel and diming us for everything. Back in. the... Back in the old 90s, you know, when you could walk outside and the sun was always shining and it was always a happy day. And no matter what, you could take your skateboard anywhere and the only person who's going to yell at you was a World War II vet. The good days. Old man McMillan telling you to get yeah. off the stop, like, doing half pipes off his uh, picket fence. How you'd manage to do that, I don't know, but you found a way. You know what's a weird thing is the other day, Bart I literally... Bart Simpson your way into it. I know. I literally looked at myself in the mirror when I was... Le- I just, like, literally was, like, whipping on stuff after working out. I'm like, I just got to go, like drop something off really quick and i looked in the mirror and i was like holy fuck i'm dressed like a world war ii veteran right now i don't mean like i was dressed in a military outfit i mean like i was wearing fucking sweatpants a vest and a uss hornet cap and i saw myself in the mirror real quick and i was like oh fuck (laughs) i mean i haven't seen somebody look like this in a while Not since you went to go visit your grandparents at the veteran home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like when you go to like, a, you know, yeah, like a nursing home, and you see that old like guys that got like 
still like all his war stuff on. He's got the gray sweatpants on. And he's got like a vest to keep warm. And then he's still got his military cap on. And I, the reason I got that USS Hornet one is when I was in the Boy Scouts, I stayed on the boat for overnight. I consider that that's reason enough to wear an aircraft carrier hat. If I, <laughs> For some reason you had no connection to it. I feel like it's kind of weird to wear, wear military stuff. But I'm like that one day event was all I needed. I just, like, how, like, they're just looking at you, like, how did you take down? You just, like, pull out, like, a fucking notch. <laughs> exactly, like, well, oh, my God. Look at that guy. What vitamins is he taking? Why does he look so good? Uh, well, sir, he just has the hat on. Well, if he's got the hat on, he must have served. I mean, hell, the USS Hornet's been decommissioned since, like, the 70s. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant, like, I thought you meant, like, my online score on Dead or Alive. Shit, no, no, that's what this is. That's what that is. I mean, yeah, shit. Like, Yo, this, this is Boy Scouts. I just stayed in the boat overnight. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, shit. You, you know, gotta specify, old man. We have a bunch of heathenist, you know, 90s kids, but still. <laughs> I just remember the first thing, too, is like we went somewhere like, on the boat and they're just like, oh, okay, well, you guys can go walk around and look at stuff. And like my mom was the one like leading our group or whatever. And we literally see like, it's like, oh, I wonder what's down this dark hall. And we're like, I don't know, let's go find out. So we literally pull like the the little like um rope thing that's covering it there, just take it off. And it's Boy Scouts, so everybody's got a fucking flashlight and shit. So we're just like all walking down the dark halls, like exploring this like aircraft carrier looking for haunted shit. And then all of a sudden this like guy comes down like in the museum, he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing down here? You're not supposed to be there. Like, I don't know, we had flashlights. How we we don't know any better. <laughs> shit, we were exploring a boat. You told us to explore the boat. You know, you're not supposed to go past the rope. Well, I mean, we're, we're Boy Scouts. We're, we're equipped with this sort of stuff. Well, that sounds almost kind of... We had flashlights. <laughs> like I, That was our reason almost, for breaking the law. Well, at the same time, though, that just sort of seems kind of like... I'm just thinking like a top-down kind of like, N, like NES Game Boy RPG of some kind. Just like, you can't go in there. It's too dark. You need a flashlight first. So you just have to get the flashlight. Hold it up and go back down there. Yeah, once you get the flashlight item, you can move on. You're but, just thinking like NES logic, that's all. Yeah, old-timey logic. Or but like, you know, use it before you get the flash HM in like Pokemon, or just like hug the walls until like, I'll get out of here eventually. See, Pokemon was actually really breaking ground cave. when you really think about it at the end of the day, because it lets you just go in there and go, yeah, you can go in there if you want. Can't see fucking shit, but like, give it a go, like, whatever. We're not your fucking I parents. I got, I got through it, too. I got through it, too, without using flash. Dun, 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 You just have to walk into a zoo bat every five fucking seconds. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. God damn. But in remembering the 90s, we go back to the good old times of 1994. What a great year. You know, at that time period, we had things like Pulp Fiction and True Lies and some other fun stuff. But at the time... There was a humongous movie that came out, or at least a humongous movie if you were a 90s kid. A movie that you had to see. Like, there was no way you were going to get around life without seeing this movie. Because once you saw, like, just a glimpse of the trailer, your mind was fucking blown. Because this was coming from somewhere distant, somewhere far away, that you didn't know was producing all this great stuff. I mean, you were playing it, but you didn't really get it right away. And then comes Street Fighter II, the animated movie. Which was such a fucking awesome flick. Now, when was the first time you ever watched Street Fighter 2? 
first time I saw Street... Well, it's not the first Street Fighter anime or thing I saw, but it was... The first time I saw it is actually when I got the Anniversary Collection for the PlayStation 2. Anniversary Collection had all the different versions of Street Fighter 2 up, up to that time, as well as Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. And on there, they also had sort of an edited-down version of the movie that came with it. Yeah, I know that one was kind of edited. And actually, before I was doing this podcast, because I'm watching my fucking classic VHS copy... And now that wasn't the first time I saw it. I saw it when it came on like HBO and it was like, I just remember turning it on. It's like, oh fuck, Street Fighter's on. It was like early in the morning. It's like, oh my God, this is so amazing. It's like, I'm seeing anime and it's a movie and it's an adult movie and it's just so odd. And at that time you didn't even call it anime. It was like, it was a fucking cartoon and it was adult and it was so cool. You know, yeah, I remember the I remember the uh, the American ver- the American cartoon, at least like one or two episodes of it. They're trying to do like a G.I. Joe kind of thing with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was the American cartoon as well, too. But I saw this before I saw anything else, Street Fighter. Because, God, did, what year did the Street Fighter, the live-action movie, come out? I think it was 94. I think yeah, this I'll, came out afterwards. I, well, I want to say I want to say this might have came out, like, maybe in Japan beforehand. But I remember this movie kind of came out and kind of was like, they're almost selling it like, oh, it's a sequel to the movie! You know, that was almost like... Kind of like there, it's like it's got a two in it, you know. You, if you got John Claude Van Damme, well, he's not in this one, but you know, you can try to see it this way. So they were kind of pushing it in that kind of direction, and that because I mean, when I first like before I even saw it, I thought I was like, oh, dude, it's a sequel to the movie. Why else would it have a two in it? You know, just you're thinking kid logic at the time. Well, I literally was the reason I didn't see it for so long is because I just was looking for whatever the first one was, and I just assumed it was some really weird, obscure like like really late 80s really early 90s street fighter thing was based on the first video game where you can only play as ryu and ken and I, so i was just looking for that and i was like oh i don't, I don't know where this is must be really and i didn't really want to see this one without seeing it and someone just told me no dude it's literally just based off the video game street fighter 2 so they call it street fighter 2 instead of street fighter i'm like oh that's confusing <laughs> yeah i know that's like what it's such because that almost sounds like a joke thing like you know like when you make a comedy movie it's like oh it's the sequel but there was never the first, you know? And, it, yeah, that's what I thought, too, is it threw me off that way originally. I mean, I still saw it, but then I finally got my VHS copy, like, in about the late 90s. And that was one of those ones where I think the DVD might have came out by about that point, too, because I remember going to, like, a Suncoast. It was like, oh, my God, it's fucking there. And I know we talked about this many times on the podcast, but it was one of those ones where it was, like, the DVD was, like, fucking 30 bucks, and the VHS was $15, and I think it was, like, in Reno or something like that month. So I decided, like, nope, I'm getting the VHS. That is good enough, and I, that's the one I've had my entire life. The, yeah, Suncoast is a lot of. I remember we've been on. We talk about Suncoast a lot, the rise and fall, mainly in the earlier days of the podcast. But it was just this company that would just overcharge the fuck out of like whatever movie or DVD or video came out, and that's one of the reasons why they mainly went down because they would always have weird, hard to find stuff. A great selection, just it was always so expensive. Mm-hmm. So. um but uh, that's where you would off. That's where I would often get all my anime and all that because we didn't have we didn't have that back in Sonora. You'd have to it would be like okay, we're going out to Modesto or something, so stock up there and something like a Suncoast or always something like that. But um, this movie right here, the thing about it is, I got into Street Fighter kind of late. Mm-hmm. I liked Street Fighter, but it was one of those game series I didn't really get into until um, until Dreamcast. So I played Alpha Three. Because it was just the selection of characters. I just liked a lot of the character designs. It was really fun. And from there, I just got kind of wrapped up into it. 
because I just got a Dreamcast at the end of its run. I'm like, well, I need it. Well, this Alpha 3 game is pretty cheap. I'll just get that and just fell in love with it. And from there, I started backtracking, looking into different animes and different versions of them, because I knew they existed. And this is one I put off for a while, just because, like I said, I was looking for whatever the number two was. Whatever the first one was. But there was no first one. This was the first one, technically. And then I went off the Street Fighter Alpha anime, which is not nearly as good as this. But it's but... still good. I still like the Alpha one, actually. Like, I'm not saying it's like up to par or Street Fighter like 2, but... It's still one of those ones, like, it's still a fun one, like, you know, I, I, I mean, I like, I, it's I got think Sakura there's some cool, it, so I'm not gonna... it's got Sakura, there's some cool things in it, but I feel like, here's the thing, I feel like that you could probably put on Street Fighter 2 for someone who usually doesn't watch anime, and they may not love it, but they could probably get more into it than you think, there's kind of more writing to it there, the animation's a little better, Alpha, I feel like it just kind of follows a lot of the standard anime tropes, and there's a lot in there that it's just kind of... The writing is really kind of clunky, and there's a lot in there where they don't really... I mean, I loved it at the time. I was lying to myself. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. I was just happy to have Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. But it was also like, okay, the whole time they're like, Ryu, you're going to be taken by the Dark Ado. You're going to be taken by the Dark Ado. And he's fighting this bad guy, and... Out of no, at the very end, they use a lot of characters. Aren't even they make make they make up characters for the fucking movie. Like the main villain isn't even in the game, you know? Yeah. And then he says like he's gonna get swallowed up by the dark no, and he's fighting this guy or whatever, like sat whatever the saddler whatever the fuck his name was, and he's charging up. He's doing his old evil charge, and then all of a sudden, like Ryu's all even Ken's like Ryu, we don't use it to kill, we don't use it to kill, and then he goes up against the guy and. Just last minute, it's like, oh, I'm good now. And de- defeats him. And he doesn't even, there's no, there, there's like, no, like, they don't really explain. He's like, oh, I'm good. It's a good guy blast now. And I do kill him, but it's okay. Because it's a good guy blast. We're playing triumphant music. Yeah, I do remember it having kind of some of those weird things like that. And I haven't seen it probably for years. And probably that was what it was, too. Also, it's like, at that time period, you were just grateful for any anime you can get. Especially if it was video game oriented and so on. But, uh, no, going back to Street Fighter 2, the anime movie, like, in watching it, I kind of realized that that is almost, like, the perfect anime to show somebody if they don't like anime because it literally has no fucking weird characters in it. You know, there's no, like, kind of, like, the -the over-the-top manga expressions. There's none of that stuff that might throw off somebody. It's almost like it was kind of made to be a very worldwide movie. Like, they figured, like, you know what, let's just make it very, we'll make the animation look really good, we'll make it look kind of realistic, we'll, you know, you know what I mean, like, like we, we won't, we won't use anything that's kind of, like, Japanese only, you know? Plus, you could always kind of tell they're trying to make a more wide, uh, worldwide appeal when they actually use brands in it. Like, they use uh, Porsche, they use Jaguar, they um, think they use... Guile drives, um, he drives a Ford, he drives a Mustang. Oh, was it Ford? Okay, that's what it was, my bad, yeah. The cars is whatever. <laughs> it's a fucking car, you know what I mean? But, um... But, no, it's like one of those ones, like... What was I gonna say? I can't remember. I kind of lost my train of thought there, but... You're saying yeah. they're trying to make it more, like, wide appeal and all that? Yeah, like, it definitely has, like... Yeah, there, there's, there's nothing fucking weird in it. Like, you know, like, I use Cowboy Bebop, but that's a show that you pretty much can show to anybody. There's gonna be one deciding factor, though, that might make, make or break it, and that's it. There's just that one fucking weird character in there that might be too hard for somebody to watch, where Street Fighter doesn't have any of that in there. There's, there's never that weird character that's gonna show up. There's never, you know what I mean? It's like all the expressions are all normal and everything like that. 
So that's what I think makes it kind of a cool one. It's funny because it just it holds up so well. It's like if for a movie from 1994, you still have like I would still put it in like oh, it's one of those top animes. Like you know, you really can't go wrong. It's got the the animation and it's just so amazing too. Like you look at it's that, really it's like, fluid. Yeah, they, they, it's like they put some because then I remember because Alpha was the one though. Like it had like much cheaper animation. I mean, I remember that watching it the first time. Like Ryu goes to do some moves and it's like it gets very flashy. <laughs> Well, Alpha was um, was OVA. This is a theatrical release. Yeah, and they were going to do a theatrical release in the U.S., but for some reason they pulled out the last second, or somebody told them no, or something. There was no answer for that. It was probably because like the the way how the did did the Street Fighter Van Damme movie did that one perform well in the U.S. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think about to that last podcast we did on that one. I want to say it still did decently. I mean, obviously it didn't critically respond, but I think it still sold well and everything like that. It might have been one of those ones, but at the same time, I know an animation's always a tough sell. You know, especially in the 90s, that's even a tougher time period to try to sell animation to, like, people. Especially, especially when you're selling adult PG-13 anime. or R. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's a foreign movie at the same time, so you got kind of a lot going against it. So I think at that time period, I uh, couldn't really do it nearly as much, but... I don't know. I think I think when you show Ken driving, maybe was it a Corvette? He was driving. I don't remember. He was driving. A, oh, he was a Porsche. It was a Porsche. That's yeah, right. he was driving a Porsche. When you see Ken driving a Porsche, listening to Silverchair and, and Alice in Chains. Chains, that like I think you just put like that little like five second thing on a loop right there, and you just encapsulate the nineties. That part's so fucking 90s, too. It's just, like, he's in Seattle and everything like that. And I, I love, there's a part where, like, he's driving that Porsche. He's got um, Eliza in there, too. And he's just like, hey, Eliza, let's get fucking married. And she's like, what? Huh? He's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it was an idea I had, you know. Like, five seconds ago, I got this idea. I don't know. By about 15 seconds into it, I think it's kind of stupid, but... Thought I'd ask it anyways, and she's like, "Oh, I, I don't know." He's just like, "Whatever." <laughs> Says it like so '90s too, like, "Whatever." Yes, fucking stupid. Guess we don't have to get married. Fuck it. Look out for the Capcom car. Yeah, look out for that. Oh fuck! And then after, and then like at the very end, she's like, "I don't know. Maybe I'll reconsider." But that just to me, I don't know. Like encapsulates like the '90s persona, like that Ken moment right there is just so like eh, thinking of right at the moment, and if it doesn't work out. Whatever. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it is kind of. Well, th- like, I will say, as, as among, among, like, Street Fighter adaptations, the comic, I haven't read the comic, I'm behind on it. Uh, when I read, like, the first few runs of that is probably my favorite. This is probably right behind it, though. Because I think it, this, unlike a lot of other Street Fighter adaptations, it manages to capture a little bit of each character in there. And, like, Ken right there, I think they captured him perfectly. Just so that... Whatever moment, you know, where he's mm-hmm. just, even like, even like when like, re, all right, what happens? Like Bison comes down, does his, does his psychic powers. Ken's floating there for a second. He's still like, whatever, bro. Not impressed. <laughs> exactly. Well, this movie though is almost like what created, almost like what we know as the Street Fighter Two story and what continued on. Because it's like, okay, yeah, the, you know, the, you know, you, you pulled out the manual. You had a little bit of, like, the kind of what was going on, but not a whole lot. But this movie, even, like, 
you know, it changed like the way a lot of Street Fighter stuff was. It gave Ken the longer hair in the games. It made Bison have that bigger, stockier look once Alpha came along. It had it where, you know, just certain elements, like they used like a dark uh, Ken bad guy in Alpha. Even Alpha 3, the, the final battle, has a very similar look to the movie as like Ryu battles Bison. So this movie kind of almost like created like the mythos mainly, I guess you can say, of Street Fighter and then like how it kind of goes all the way up till today. And that's the thing about Street Fighter is it's, you know, as far as the gameplay goes, it's not my favorite fighting game. Dead or Alive is my favorite fighting game by far for gameplay. But story-wise and characters, I just love Street Fighter so much for that. Like to me, it's just got like such cool characters and I actually think the story is always really awesome. That's the thing for me on uh, Street Fighter as well. I'll, I'll say that probably is my favorite uh, fighting game franchise, but at the same time, I'm not any good at it. I'm really bad at it. But the fact that it keeps on beating me like a bitch, and mm. I keep on coming back to it, says something about how good the game is, or I'm just in an abusive relationship, or something like that. But, regarding the game, though, I mean, regarding the movie, I will say, though, it does... It is kind of interesting, because thinking back on that, I didn't realize, because... This isn't the first Street Fighter thing I've watched. I know it's probably the fir- first like adaptation to come out, maybe other than some miscellaneous manga or something like that. But I remember watching. I remember just like watching Alpha, Street Fighter Two V, and just miscellaneous things here and there, and then going back and watching this, and at some point waiting for Ryu, Ken, and Chun Li to meet up. Because whenever I think of like you know the main, I guess. The main, um, you know, uh, trinity of Street Fighter, I guess, I think, those three. And if you get a fourth person in there, Guile. If you get a yeah. fifth, Sakura. But I was I was kind of... It's kind of weird knowing, like, you know, because whenever you read a comic or whenever you see an anime, it's always usually those three teaming up. And it's usually kind of like Ryu's the main character of one story, Chun-Li's the main character of the other story, and Guile serves as um, Chun-Li's kin, kind of to an extent. Well, the weird thing in this movie, I think, if you think about it, does Ryu and Chun-Li and Ken ever, like, they're seen, they, they never, never meet. They never, they never meet. meet it's kind of odd. It's one of those ones, like, Guile's almost like the connecting character of everybody. He's like the glue that, like, brings everyone together. And, yeah, Chun-Li's there. And then, yeah, Ryu and Ken are kind of on separate. What you think about Street Fighter V, Street Fighter V uses the classic anime style, I always feel. It's like, you have three characters. You always kind of have, like, kind of almost like the wild up for anything. Lots of times they can be younger characters who are like, almost like have too much freedom. Then there's almost kind of like, that'd be almost the Ken in this story. And then you would have Ryu, who mostly serves as, there's always like kind of like the wiser, more calm down character. Even though I know they're, they're both like 17 year old kids in it, but whatever. And then there's always a female, you know, Cowboy Bebop has this, Samurai Champloo has this, Inuyasha has this. Like so many animes have that like three character. I mean, you can even almost say this is a little bit different. Even something like Full Metal Alchemist has that to an extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more just like two men, but uh, what's her name? It's kind of Winry. Place. Yeah, Winry. So you, you see it a lot there. And, you know, in Street Fighter V, they, they use that really well. And I like Street Fighter 2 V a lot. That is one of my favorite animes of all time. It may be as well as ones, like, for me, it's just, like, I grew up watching that. I remember discovering that, like, on fucking Stars when they'd play it late at night. And then I got the DVD set way later in time. and Or not way later, just a little bit later. And I watched the Living Daylights out of that. And I even watched it only a couple of years ago. And I'm like, it still holds up just as well as I remember it. I remember reading that this actually pushed for 2 V. Like, this... 
did so well in Japan. Like, you know what? Let's make an animated series. Now it's going to be its own separate universe and all that. But it'll be fun just to kind of, uh, you know, get it going again because clearly people like Street Fighter enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that came right after that. And I want to say it even has, like, the same company that put together Street Fighter the movie worked on Street Fighter 2B. So there was that. I mean, yeah, it's different. It's more just, like, another retelling of the Street Fighter 2 story, but just in 26 episodes. And that's what I like about it. It just it goes on. It's got cool arcs in it and everything like that, but never goes on too long and so on. And, you know, Street Fighter 2, I will say, it almost is, like, the perfect example of how you do an adaptation. Like, I was trying to think about it kind of, like, all day long. And I so, thought, you know, I mean, it's probably the best example of a video game movie. I mean, it depends if you want to consider live action and animation being separate. But you look at it, it's like, it does all the characters right, has every single character in the movie, even if some of them only have, like, little parts, everybody still has a moment. And that's kind of smart. You know, they don't just do, like, let's just do, you know, Charlie and Chun-Li and Bison and call it good. You know what I mean? No, no, no. They, they, they do them all. All, all 12 characters... Yeah, 12 characters are done right in this one. Wait, is there more than 12 characters? Eight? Maybe I think it's around 12. Well, let's see. We got... Uh, no, there's 16 because we, there's, we don't there's have the eight original, then there's the four bosses, and then there's the four new challengers. Uh-huh. So 16. So they do all 16 characters. Every single one has a moment. Even if they're, you know, some of them, you know, like T-Hawk, he's just got a fight where he battles Ken for a moment. And it's short, but at least he's in there. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't just put, like, regular thug number three. No, no, no. They just used T-Hawk instead. He can fill that kind of void. Even DJ. They just use him to go question for a little bit. And the cool thing about DJ is he's played by Jet from Cowboy Bebop in the dub version. I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure Bison's voiced by Jet as well. Is Bison voiced by Jet? I believe so. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. I can I IMDB that. that. I mean, I might be wrong here, but... I, want to I, say, I, uh, I got the page right here. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it's but... Tom Weiner. Weiner. Okay, well, his voice sounds very familiar as well. So, yeah. You know what was... Uh, and the weird thing, too, is a lot of people, they all went by, like, fake names in the credits. And I, I, don't, I think it was due to, like, some kind of weird... I don't know, there's always those things, like, you Voice know... Voice union things. Yeah, like, oh, you can't go out and do these Jappy films, so you're fucking, you know... So they're like, oh, okay, we'll put our different names on it. Like, this is another interesting one. You want to know who else is in this movie? Who, Brian who, Cranston. Yeah, he plays Fei Long. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. But he's, of course, he's, you know, billed as somebody different. He's billed as, like, you know, um... God, I can't... I just saw it a second ago, but whatever. You know, yeah, and I, was, it, I went back and listened... I went back and rewatched his scene. Like, shit, that is Brian Cranston. Because watching, like, his voice really stands out in this, as short as it is. Oh, and speaking of T-Hawk, that's voiced by Steve Bloom. That's fucking weird. I knew he voiced some other characters. I didn't realize he voiced T-Hawk. He voiced, like, miscellaneous medic as well. And he actually comes back around full circle because he actually voices Ken in Alpha. Yeah, so it's funny. He comes, he comes back around and everything like that. But, yeah, you got all kinds of cool things like that. Now, have you ever watched the Japanese cut of this movie before? Uh, do you mean just in with Japanese audio? Or do you mean the full-on, just where nothing's un- unedited out? Well, um, I, well, I guess before we get that far, what version did you watch? 2006 re-release. Now, was that one an unedited version? It says uncut, unedited, uncensored. It has a big old fist punching through a red background. And uh, I, I, th- I want to say that came out like a... Oh, no, wait. No, it couldn't have come... It had to come out with some kind of special... Some kind of, it must have been a Street Fighter, like... Um, a Street Fighter, like, anniversary edition or something like that. But, yeah... 
I, I remember when you got that one. I, I want to say, because that was always the fear like when buying that movie. That's why I haven't actually bought it on DVD or Blu-ray yet, because I can never tell if the... Because the, DV, the VHS version I have is uncut. But, you know, a lot of those DVD ones kept coming out for a while. Like, I think that one you have was, that was finally when they got it right. But all the ones that came up before, like the one you had on your PS2 version and so on, like, they kept putting out these cut versions where, you know, they, they, you know, they cut out, I mean, at the end of the day, you probably weren't missing much, but they cut out a little bit of language, I think maybe just a little bit of violence, and then they would always cut out, I think, like, Chun-Li's, like, little butt crack part. I think that's all it was, like, when it pans down. And for some reason, that was, like, sending up red flags to somebody. Air tits, it always, yeah, like, there's a, there's literally a, because I remember that was a thing, I was reading through Wikipedia, the different versions of the movie, like, this version has this scene, has a little bit of extra swearing, but it doesn't have any nudity. This one has some nudity, but they took out some violence. This, this re-release, like, there's, like, five or six different re-releases of it, and the one I think I have has everything, and it's not even so much like, oh, I need the version where I see some animated tits. It's not even that, it's just one of those things, like, just put what's there, what they originally intended. Just don't like, don't like, hold my hand, tell me I'm, it's, I shouldn't see that shit. Yeah, well, that's how I feel too. It's, it's that weird kind of thing. It's like, realistically, you could probably watch like the, the most cut version of this movie. And it, it, at the end of the day, would you really be missing out on much? No, probably not. But it's just the idea of, I don't know what it is. There's just something, I think it's just like, it's more like a filmmaker kind of thing and like a film enthusiast. You want to see the complete one. You don't want to be like, I don't want to see this cut bullshit. I want to see what was intended to be there from day one. Like, don't give me this. And so, yeah, the idea of it being cut in any way just is like something's like bothers me. Even if it's like nothing big, just the idea. It's like, I don't want that version. So that's why I was always afraid to buy the DVD or Blu-ray because I just didn't know which one I was getting. This version also, because I saw the street, I saw the uh, one that came on the PlayStation game. Um, this one also has a little bit more language, a little bit more blood as well. Because I remember watching that. I remember there's a part where the guy gets shot up with a machine gun after like he knocks the little Indian girl down. Uh-huh. I'm, I want to say in the PlayStation version, there was no blood when he got when that guy got shot up. Where there's like, oh wait, there was blood. It's been a while since I watched the movie other than today. Yeah, I was gonna say because so, like the PlayStation one. Because I was trying to look up like I could. I try to look up on YouTube and everything. I'm like, is, does somebody have like? I wanted to see somebody compare the versions together. Nobody had a video on it. Nobody had a fucking article on it that I could find. You know, in the little time that we were spending before the podcast, but so it's like I, I just kind of wanted to know, like, well, what is the stuff that's totally cut out? That was what I was looking for. So, a little bit of blood, a little bit of swearing. That's why I kind of read from like certain things, but yeah, it's just kind of weird that they take that sort of stuff out. I mean, you're already selling a teen raid game. I mean, this movie in some places, like in Australia, when they got the full uncut version, but they made it a rated R movie. Mm-hmm. Well, like, this actually went to theaters in, I think, England and Spain, mm-hmm. and went Japan, of course, and I, mean, I think somewhere else, another one that's escaping me. So it's kind of weird knowing, like, England and all these other countries are like, yeah, sure, bring it on over, we'll love to play it, where America, we're like, I don't know how these Americans are going to take it. They, 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 love, they love tits, they love violence, they don't like if it's cartoon, though, they want to keep <laughs> that, they, that Disney fucker has a monopoly on that shit. It's always how it is, too. It's like, yeah, the cartoons is always such, like, a non-selling Like, they're part. afraid, like, a, like the mouse is waiting there with a baseball bat. Like, oh, so you think you're going to come on into my country, huh? Yeah. You'll bring that PG-13 bullcrap over here. But. I'm knocking right the fuck out. Right the fuck out. <laughs> 
But no, yeah, so it's like I've been stuck with my VHS copy for years, and I I watched it again. It's like I, it'd be nice to have, like, because it downfalls mine's in full screen, so it's got a couple pan and scan moments where, like, when Ryu and Ken are battling and you could just see that, like, digital, like, pan on over <laughs> between the two of them. And I don't know what it is. That that just always stands out so much, like, pan and scan stuff. It's, I mean, there's, there's probably only, like, maybe, like, less than ten scenes that have it there, but you just notice it. That's all I have to say. Yeah. But going to the different versions, the main reason I asked it, like, if you've seen the Japanese one, is, like, I've always wanted to watch that one because it has a different soundtrack. Yeah, no, you know what? Because they don't have Alice in Chains in Japan, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was going to say, even though a lot of people say, oh, my God, like, they might kind of chuckle. Like, when when DJ comes in, they're playing Fishbone, and when... um, they're playing like the part where like Ryu jumps at the tanker, the the, the, the big old uh, the tanker, the big old truck coming in at him at the very end. They start playing corn like "Are you ready?" <laughs> Credits, like <laughs> something about that. I mean, I know it is very just commercial and all that, but something about it just like I don't know. It just takes me back to the '90s and. Anybody who didn't grow up with it, I can understand whether they're like, oh, come on, you just took me out of it. But for me, it's like, oh, you just took me back. Well, yeah, I, I feel the same way, too. Like, I, it's, it's, I want to watch the other version, not because I, I, I dislike this one, because I love this one. And I do like the soundtrack. Like, to me, it works. I fucking love Alice in Chains and that kind of stuff. And it takes me back. That's also the thing I like about it. And there's other animes that did this at the time, too. Like, there's another movie I have. I can't remember what it's called, but it had, like, a soundtrack. Like, Marilyn Manson and Slipknot and all this stuff in the American version. So they were always trying to sell that, like, MTV, like, metal or Headbangers Ball audience. <laughs> like, these anime movies. Tekken did that. They had the ADV. I'm not sure how much they spent on it. Because it was still when ADV wasn't that huge. Maybe they just can't. Maybe they were like, we'll take a chance on this one. In Tekken... They really um, pushed the soundtrack for that. Like any chance they could to slide in a song, they would. And that 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 one ended with that. Actually, was one of the things that introduced me to the Offspring because it ends with oh, "Meaning of Life" right. by the Offspring. That's right. And they also had. It would always be like two or three like bands you knew, and then it would be a bunch of just random shit. It's like featuring music by The Urge. Like I don't know who The Urge is. They were on the Titan AE soundtrack. Oh, I know that's I know that I have that sound. I'll have to look that one up then. And then there would be like, but then there'd be like you know the Offspring, and then I think maybe uh, Stabbing Westward or something. I remember they were on that soundtrack uh-huh. as well. They just when I was a kid, I remember like this. This makes it fucking legit. But Dragon Ball Z did that with their movies too. Because after a while, when they brought out some of the, well, I guess they're not later now. They're old, but at the time they were kind of the later movies. Like past when Goku becomes a Super Saiyan, the movies past that, they start putting out like this. This features like this features licensed music, including Disturbed, and then a bunch of bands you don't fucking know of. Like this one features Pantera and a bunch of other shit you don't fucking know. Well, that's what they need. They, they need just a couple of gateway bands, and then, like, it's probably one of those ones, like, because this is, like, I think under Sony, so it's, like, Sony probably had their, like, okay, we hope that these six other bands that no one's really listening to, maybe this movie will be the turning point for them. You know, mm-hmm. we'll lead them in with the Alice in Chains, we'll put a corn song in, because that's kind of hip with the kids, you know, we use this as a credit song and so on, and... And hopefully they'll come on in and do, you know, get, get those other bands, you know. I mean, I'll say this. A lot of times soundtracks is where, like, I figure out about certain bands. Like, there was a band I just thought of the day, and I finally found it on Spotify. Like, I, I, ne- I couldn't find it for some reason before. And I remember it was one of those ones, like, I couldn't find his music in stores. Like, I mean, back in the day when we'd go look for fucking CDs. And I'm talking about, like, literally, like, 10-plus years ago. Like, I just remember going to, like, um, 
Gimmeba? Uh, yeah, something like Amiibo or any, yeah, Rasputin or any of those ones. And I was like, like, dude, where the fuck is this guy? Like, I can't find him. And who this was was um, on the Encino Man soundtrack, fucking High C. You know, we used that one song in the Drunk Batman and Robin live action movie. Like, I couldn't find that fucking guy's, like, albums anywhere. It's like, dude, does nobody have this guy's music? And I would, like, check all the, like, the sections. Like, dude, he's not there, not there, not there. And I finally found him on fucking Spotify today, and I was so ecstatic about it. <laughs> he's he's like a knockoff Easy e but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> is, he, is he the, uh, is that, is that the song that Robin's all headbanging to, and he's all like... All the ladies say love me! That, that song? Yeah, the Jerry Curl song. Jerry Curl song. <laughs> but yeah, like, like yeah, his, his music, it's like, because he has like that same voice as like Easy e but what I like about it is he, he keeps like this, like always a funky beat in the background. I mean, he even sells himself as like, I'm the funky, you know, I'm the funky rapper. And, but like that funky beat in the background always just sounds really cool with like gangster rap. So <laughs> I was like, I was so happy to find this. I was like, dude, this is awesome. You know what I mean? But that's what I mean. Like, I, I, see, I find weird band. Like, I would never have found that guy if I never had the Encino Man soundtrack. <laughs> or you would have known. If, I would have known Infectious Groove if you didn't have the Encino Man soundtrack. Also. Exactly, another good band too, and that has um, the bass player from Metallica. Well, like the bass player nowadays in it. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a bunch of sweet, you know, bands. That a lot of times you learn about because you know there's like gateway artists, I guess, on the Encino Man soundtrack. You got Steve Vai, you got Vince Neil. There's um. Um, fucking guy with the white hair, seventies guitar player Edgar uh, Edgar Winter Group. You know they're on mm-hmm. there, and then you start getting some just fucking random other stuff that they're just kind of throwing out there. So that's what most like soundtracks usually were. Here's the four bands you know, and then a bunch of other shit that's just we can afford it and maybe get you rolling on that. Hell, even on the Encino Man one, I think about like that's where I learned about LL Cool J and that version of the song of Mama said not or Mama. Yeah, I'm like Mama said, "Knock you out." Mama said, "Knock you out." Like I, that version's not the same as like the ones on his, like his albums. Like that Encino Man one's different, and mm-hmm. I, it's, like that's the only place I can ever find that. And I like that version the most. You mm-hmm. know, the other ones are still good, but like that Encino Man one, like something about that one's fucking dialed in even more. That song would fit perfectly in Street Fighter somewhere. Oh, dude, it would. That that song's so fucking awesome. I think that's one of, like the greatest fucking rap songs made. Maybe it's like I always think about that Dave Chappelle skit where he talks about how each race kind of like depending on which instruments like leads a man he's like oh you know black people if there's a beat fucking the, you know it's there and there's just like this drummer guy he starts drumming on stuff and these black people walking like oh man oh fuck oh check that beat check that beat and then they go like you know in a white person guitar and it just shows the white guy like playing guitar like in this cafe and everyone's like oh dude look at those solos so fucking sick and they're like and a mexican guy they, they can never go wrong with the um god what's that keyboard called it's not just a regular keyboard but it has um, it almost has the same. It has a sound of accordion, but it's a keyboard, like a like a. I know what you're talking about. But I know yeah, you talk so about they do that, that and it's like that, and that's what I always feels like whenever I see like a guitar, like in a rap song. I don't know why. I seem to like it slightly more. That's why I feel like I have such a love for Tom Morello. It's like I know that it's just it must be that like inner white man. Thing. Oh, he's got, he's got a guitar in there, and the LL Cool J song's got a guitar in it. Oh, it's a safer neighborhood. There's a guitar. Oh, come on in. <laughs> so I don't know. But speaking of soundtrack, though, I will say, like, okay, just including, like, the licensed music stuff, like, the background music in Street Fighter 2 is so good. Like, and I think mm-hmm. that's actually different than the Japanese one, too. But they got kind of that world music thing. It's got a little bit of, like, electric guitar thrown in there. It reminds me, actually, very similar to, like, Commando, that soundtrack. But it's like, oh, I just, like... I noticed it... Go for it. 
I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I noticed um whenever like they cut to whatever Giles doing, it just like we're at the military base guitar. Or, like I noticed if it cuts to Ryu or like something that he's doing, it's usually more of kind of like this um this worldly traveler mystic. music mystic cuts back to Guile America. <laughs> but one of these days, I gotta I want to buy the Blu-ray. And I was even looking at it right before we did the podcast. I'm like, God, it's fucking still 20 bucks. Jesus fucking Christ. And I know, I think that version, I looked at the reviews on Amazon and everything. It's all good and everything like that. But it, it's got the Japanese cut with, like, the Japanese music. Your version actually might have that, though, I thought, for some reason. I thought... It does. It does. I just only... This is one of those things where I've only really watched the dub of this one. I've never really watched it in Japanese. I'm sure it's just as fine. I'm just... I'm one of those heathens who usually watches dubs over... I have no problem watching it in subtitles. It's just one of those things. Usually when I watch something, it's before I go to bed. And it's kind of hard to stay awake and read. So it's one of those things. Like, if, if I'm more wide awake, I'd probably read, watch, a, watch a sub. You know, it sounds kind of weird. Like, after I did, like, that fucking, like, Chinese marathon for, like, three months straight where I don't think I watched a single English movie, I got so used to like reading movies and it actually I realized it almost puts you to bed actually better if you're reading subtitles than like watching a movie because it you, okay you know like they always say like oh if you read before bed you'll sleep easily it almost gives that effect but you get to watch a movie at the same time there you go <laughs> so I got so, so it's, like a, to it. it's like a book with sounds yeah exactly you know like a picture book or something but where you push the button it makes a little noise but no, one of these days though, I want to watch Street Fighter Two. Just I just want to see it with the different soundtrack, and then you know sometimes sometimes it's kind of fun. I've, I've actually gotten more used because for the longest time I just always used to watch. As long as it was a good dub, I mostly watched anime and dub. But ever so recently, I've been watching more and more um, anime stuff subtitled. And once again, I think it's all due to that Chinese marathon I had. Is it just yeah? Pro- one. Oh, go ahead. I just got so used to subtitles that like they became second nature for me. But it is just like it's I, I, what I kind of like about it is like. Because, you know, the, the person who writes the script for the subtitles, it's almost like a different thing than the guy who's, you know, writing the script for the dub version. So you almost sometimes get, not, not like a completely different movie, but just like the slightly alternate. Like almost like when you listen to a song and they have the alternate lyrics version. That's how it sort of feels. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, for me, if it's a live action movie, I'm always prefer subtitles. Oh, yeah, if it's a live action movie. Is, animation is kind of like, for me, I mean, because it's not, because... All they really do is they're just flapping their lips. It's not like it's out of sync or anything like that. So, and the thing is, I mean, I guess because I'm, I'm used to Cowboy Bebop. And that one, I don't care what people say. I think the dub to that one's superior. So, uh, but there are those. It, it, like, watching in Japanese is never going to stop me from watching an anime. It's just one of those things I'm just used to watching the dub. That's all it is. But uh, this is this this is actually one. Now that you mentioned that, because I, I didn't think about that. They probably did take out Alice in Chains. It's probably not even... It's, I was thinking for a second, I wonder if they have just, like, Japanese rock bands in there. Or it's just, like, a Japanese karaoke version of like, it. It's but, like, it's from the band Shogun and Chains. <laughs> it's just, like, a knockoff version. Well, I, I just want to know because it's like I because I, I'm assuming it's probably not like a bunch of like fucking industrial metal bands I'm, and grunge rock stuff. I bet you it's well, more. I can I see know. when Ken's driving, when Ken's driving, and he's listening to music. I can see it just being a generic guitar solo. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could be something, but like I, I just want to know. It's more just I want to know why, why not. You know, yeah, like mm-hmm. I'll say it's Cowboy Bebop. I, I'm not gonna say that the American version is like superior. I just think to me it's preferred. You know, like, that one's got such a strong dub that I just don't think it's necessary to, like, go out of my way. Like, I'm 100% fine with it, and that's the way I know. It's almost like Dragon Ball Z, too. 
I know some people always tell you, like, oh, the, you know, if you watch the subtitles, it's that much better. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, I, my whole life's been Dragon Ball Z, you know, in English. You have Piccolo's voice, you have Vegeta's voice in your head. Yeah, that's what I mean. They have my, I mean, the idea now, that'd be like going back and watching Batman the Animated Series and watching it in a different language. Like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, here, watch the French version of it. Like, no, I want the Kevin Conroy version. I'm sorry, but... But then, but then again, there's other animes, like, well, and I'll say this, actually, animes that I haven't seen, I actually will, a lot of times, just go straight to the Japanese version, you know? Cause, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, when I was watching, like, that, like, the new Sailor Moon one, I just watched it straight in Japanese, I'm like, fuck it, I don't want to, I'm afraid of what Sailor Moon's voice is, because I remember what it was in the other show, and she sounded fucking retarded, even though I'm gonna say this, I think she still sounds kind of retarded in the Japanese version, I don't know what it is about her voice, she just always sounds like some type of goof, I mean, I know that's who the character is, but... I remember watching. I didn't, sometimes you'll find some interesting things out when watching um, watching in subtitles. Because I was watching Black Lagoon, and there's this part in Black Lagoon in the English dub where Revy's going up to this guy, and the guy puts his hands up. I give, I give. Like, give me what? Like, what? You give me what? What the fuck are you gonna give me? Oh, uh, it just unloads on him, uh-huh. and then you watch it in Japanese, and suddenly he's speaking. He's speaking in English, and he's he's trying to he's trying to say like. Uh, I give, I give, I give. He's stammering, and like Revy is speaking in broken English. Kind of like, what you mean? What you mean? It's just enough to get the point across. And they just have this whole conversation in broken English for a second. Like, oh wow, that's interesting. I didn't even know that was fucking there. It, that's always kind of weird. Like, it got um, a lot. There's some of these modern Chinese movies I've been watching too that. All of a sudden, they, they start using fucking like English, like slang, like it's in there, like, and it's all of a sudden. You get this moment where you're like, "Oh fuck, am I? Am I? After like all these years of watching su- subtitled movies, am I finally starting to know Chinese?" Like you're like, "Oh no, no, they just spoke a couple words of English." But like it gives you like there's a moment where you're like, "Oh fuck, am I just starting to translate it all now? Like am I hearing it like in English as they're saying it? Like did I finally get it?" Oh no, no. Donnie Yen just used an American sentence. That was all it was. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> thought i was getting powers for a minute i know i remember i thought it was like that scene in 13th warrior where antonio bandera just picked up on a whole language after two days on a boat <laughs> yeah exactly i know that's that's what it feels like too how'd you how'd you learn like i listened like oh man you're quick <laughs> yeah that's all he says because he doesn't he doesn't say a single word before that and stuff and all the viking guys are like <laughs> you know just laughing away fucking jerking each other off not thinking this guy can see anything they're doing and then next thing you know he's like i listened i'm antonio I'm from the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I am an old-fashioned terrorist. <laughs> That's a great Antonio fucking movie, from though. The Middle East. I, I watched that, that again not too long ago, and I hadn't seen it for fucking ever. And it's just like, oh, dude, it holds up so well. But um, I remember just like the more realistic version of Beowulf. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like a Norse movie, so. I'm, kind of what it is maybe kind of still want to read the michael crichton book because i'm like oh that's a fucking sweet story as is you, you, we know michael crichton would only add to it mm-hmm. but um that's not well, street go, fighting go, now. yeah yeah how do we bring this around uh antonio banderas would play a good vega there we go got yeah. it all around yeah i always like no, Vega's think... pretty much just like a rapist at the end of the day he is well it's like one of those things you think a guy that looks as good as him wouldn't have to <laughs> be, wouldn't have like... be a rapist would have to like crawl, like spider, like creepily spider crawl on the side of a girl's room because that always happens. It happens in this movie. It happens in Street Fighter Two V. It happens, I think, more than once in the comics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's the weird thing. That's like Brad Pitt being a rapist. You know what I mean? Like, it's just 
odd just to he think. doesn't need to he doesn't need to try that hard no it is and it's like and it's like it, it's the mix because even though vega i'll say he's, he's always been one of my favorite characters like i just i mean it's probably just the way he looks i don't think it's necessarily like the way he his personality i think the way he looks and everything and his design has always been awesome and i remember just being a kid playing the game it's like dude that character looks so fucking awesome he's climbing on the background of the game like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, I think, oh, I'll say that whole scene, like, because we're talking about them using licensed music, that whole scene where Chun-Li and uh, Vega are fighting in her apartment, that whole scene, they're playing that, just give it to me, it almost sounds kind of more like an like industrial, like, rock kind of dance song, and that right there, I remember they used that song, like, in every manga promo, they're like, okay, we got a hold of this thing? So we're going to do like this whole like scissor reel of RR major properties. We playing that song over it. Like that was almost the manga theme for a while. Yeah, I, I remember that. And you'd see all like the other movies coming on out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the, that's the one thing that was like Vega, like every single time though, they always make him like so, so creepy, so murder. You almost like he would make for a cool character of like in like his own horror movie. Like what the fuck does Vega do like when he's like not doing M. Bison's work? You know what I mean? At the it end of the day, what the fuck? Like, is, what is this guy up to in Spain? I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. That's, that sounds familiar. It almost sounds like a very like you know, um, what's that dude's name? He's, you like him a lot. He did Starship Troopers, Total Recall, and Paul Verhoeven. When he's not doing sci, yeah, Paul Verhoeven. When he's not doing sci-fi, he's doing like very Sex bloody, pictures. very sexy movies. Yeah, basically. Like that sounds like something he would strip tease or. Showgirls. Flesh. Oh, yeah, Showgirls. That's the one, not Striptease. Striptease is the one that's, I think, not... Timmy Moore. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like Flesh and Blood, which is, like, a mix of all that. So, yeah, it's weird. He like he likes hardcore sci-fi, and then he likes weird, like... It must be a um, a Belgian thing or a Holland yeah. thing. Well, that seems like... That That sounds like a movie right there that like he would do, like Vega. You know, just... He's, like, like this master bullfighter. He's also a serial killer on the side. But that sounds like a cool story, though. You know what I mean? Like, this guy, it's like, you know, he's this bullfighter. And, like, you know, all of Spain loves him. He's just, he's beautiful. You know, he's a celebrity. Everything like this. But he's got this dark side to him. And, like, at nighttime, like, he pulls in men and women and fucking, like, slowly likes to, like, torture and murder them, you know? Mm-hmm. And rape yeah, them, too. Why sounds... not? Just fucking throw the rape in there. It's, it's just... Just go, go the whole distance. The Paul Verhoeven movie. Why stop there? You know, and it, it, it could be almost like the the the, the anti Avengers movie. After this, like Vega one at the very end of the movie, it, like if you wait past the credits, M Bison shows up to start the team, and then the next one we got, we got the Balrog movie. It's so about this guy discharged from this guy. Like I want to include you in this thing called the Shadow Law Initiative. Like oh fuck, they're doing it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. See, that'd be kind of a cool one, though. But a weird angle. Yeah, it's a different angle. You're getting it from there. Like, it's like the M. Bison's, like, your Tony Stark putting putting together the team. I almost feel like just... I almost feel like Balrog would almost be kind of like a sadder version of Raging Bull. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's this guy. He was on top in the 80s. Like, let's just put... Let's put in the 90s. Like, you know what I mean? We'll period piece of shit. Like the way that it says in the the booklet of Street Fighter Two when you get it, you see that Ryu was born in 1964. <laughs> it's kind of fucking... weird how like how much detail they used to put in those in those little uh, manuals when the game came out. I know you had their fucking stats, you had their blood type, you had a description, their bio. Well, I think at the time period though, 
once again, it's like you, you didn't you wouldn't have cutscenes and things like that to really flesh out the story. So the manual was really what was fleshing out the story for you and fleshing out the characters. But um, yeah, like the Balrog, you could almost do the Balrog one too. Like maybe make it like it's sort of almost like this wrestler like thing where like he was really on top and then all of a sudden shit started going downhill and he's on this downhill spiral. And when M. Bison finds him, he's like, dude, I can bring you back. I, I can put you back in top. I got this casino, the Shadowloo Casino down here in fucking Las Vegas. We'll set you up here. We'll get you your prize fight again. You know, I know that fucking, like, when you decide to bite that guy's dick off in the, in the ring, it was like, we got to up it. can't be, like, biting an ear off. It's got to be more extreme. <laughs> like, that, that's what got you banned for a while. But we'll bring you back. Well, I think it's interesting, the whole thing. Most people listening to this probably already know. But the weird thing they did where they just, like switched all three of their names around in a weird way they because they used balrog vega in japan is called balrog no bison in japan is really vega and vega is yeah. called balrog and did i miss that up yeah no yeah no, you, you got it right bison. yeah because bi- bison. bison is um balrog so bison's the boxer and they thought that was too close to mike tyson well, because it was the M, because it's M Bison. So when they, when, it's, when it's when it's Bison in America, it means Master Bison. But in Japan, it means Mike Bison. For Bison, it means Mike Bison. For Balrog, for Balrog. In, oh, in I, I, I never thought about that. Like, I, for some reason, it's I, M Bison. So Master Bison here, there, Mike Bison. For some reason, I thought the M was always still on M Bison's name, and I thought. It was like it master Balrog. That's why I always thought this whole time. But I guess yeah, that makes sense there. And then um, the weird thing though is like why they switch Vegas name. Like you could just see like swapping two of them, but why they had to do like a triangle spin around? Yeah, yeah. He looks like a Vega, so and yeah, it's like it's, it's one of those ones. That, I mean, maybe it's just because we're used to it because of the you know being in the U.S. I feel like the names fit much better like in that way. Like when I think of that, like. The idea of Vega not being called Vega, Vega just sounds so like his name. And Balrog, that to me, that character looks like a Balrog. You know what I mean? And Bison, like M. Butchin, come on, that works so well. We're going to take a quick break right here. But now a word from one of the funniest cartoon sitcoms that you will ever see. Our buddies, the Bruvs. We interrupt this programming for an important announcement from thebruvs.com. We hear you got something to tell us. Funny business that is deadly serious. Don't be afraid. Meet Doug. That was a sound beating. Meet Den. Not in the face. Ow. Meet Chanterelle. It's the biggest disaster ever. Meet all again at thebruvs.com and on Twitter, Facebook and Insta. All at the Bruvs TV. Not many. We are the Bruvs. People are dying to meet us. Thebruvs.com. Adult comedy animation and much more. You'll like it because we say so. I like the part when he encounters Ken and Ken is just like, Listen, Buffalo, whatever the hell you call yourself. Yeah, I, I like that. That that line works. It's just like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. 90s. Ken just doesn't care. And I like, when he, when he doesn't care, he's like, I miss my bro, my uh, bromance. You know, what I mean, all the all the money my father gave me can't you know match to like the times me and Ryu spent together, fighting, punching, swimming naked, circle jerking ha- at night. The happiest he seems is when he's tra- when that flashback with Ryu 
and he's giving him a noogie noogie doing that thing. Yeah. Beyond that, woogie, he's just, woogie woogie. Oh, whatever. Yeah, he, whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, he says it different. Like, and then he and then he says when he says, he, I like he he like even um emphasizes like you're so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He literally hey. says it like that. So it, it's one of those things where, and then you see him like with his girlfriend. He's like. Whatever, I'm driving my Porsche, I'm in Seattle. Sometimes I go to San Francisco, because what the fuck, why not? And, uh, listen to Alice in Chains, and I got my model girlfriend, and it's just not the same. I'm not, I'm not fighting my bro. I'm not training as hard as I could, you know? Where are you, Ryu? It's always like that question <laughs> in the movie, like... And then Ryu's just like ultimate hobo, you know I mean? He just travels the earth like king in Kung Fu. Yeah, well, he's doing, he's doing it a cool way, you know, he's... They make him the likable hobo. It is, that's the thing, though. It's like, who doesn't want to... Like, Like I look at that Ryu lifestyle, and it's that one where you kind of go, fuck it. Like, I don't know how many times in my life have I, like, got to the point where it's like, dude, maybe you should drop everything and fucking go to Japan and fucking train like Ryu and Ken. I remember there was, there was a one point... Because me and Josh Bullock, who's been on the podcast, you know, fucking 200 episodes ago by now, probably, but still... Um, our good buddy, whatever... We've talked our whole life because you know we've watched fucking Street Fighter, played Street Fighter, fucking. We were always like back in the day when we used to do characters and like be like, oh well, this is who I am in the game, or this is who I am in the movies, and so on. You know, he was Ryu, I was Ken, and so on. Which I remember somebody came up with the idea to like when they they started calling it the Character Club. I don't know what it was. That almost like made like instantly stop doing it. Like the second that it had that dumb fucking name, it was almost it was like Casey that called it that too. Wasn't yep, it? it was Casey that called it the Character. <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> he called it the Character Club. Made it sound so. So fucking gay like the that longest time i thought that was end, such a cool thing dumb. yeah it just like ruined it all for it well that and also too is like it's one of those ones that like once somebody said it to like the public too is like one of those ones like almost i remember rj said that to like just regular people like you almost had to put your hand on your shoulder like dude i, I mean i know this sounds fucking gay but that's for us behind closed doors <laughs> Like, that ain't something you fucking share with everybody. It's a fun thing when you're sitting around playing video games or watching a movie, just kind of making characters for everybody. It's not something we're ready to reveal yet. You don't don't speak for us. If you (laughs) want to say it yourself, I commend you for your bravery. We'll throw a parade for you. But right now, we're not ready. (laughs) I know. But fast forward to the future, me and Josh were fucking sitting around playing Street Fighter V, and we started getting that feeling again. He's like, dude... We, we gotta fucking get our geese on, go to fucking Japan, train like Ryu and Ken. You know what I mean? It's, uh, he's like, I'll just go home. I'll put a fucking note on the baby. I'll just says like me and Spencer going to Japan to be Ryu and Ken. <laughs> See you in six months. <laughs> and then we were like joking, like you know what's gonna happen? We're gonna get fucking one month in there, fucking lose all our money. <laughs> <laughs> Calling back, be like, ah, uh, none of the dojos would let us in, and they took all our money. <laughs> well you tried but at the end of the day though I look at that though I look at Ryu and Ken I mean I know Ken like let's just disinclude Ken having all his money just Ryu and Ken training in that fucking dojo it doesn't matter which Street Fighter it is it can be comics this movie Street Fighter V I don't care what it is like I look at that and I go dude that is almost like the most perfect life like I, I just being there training in martial arts getting your regular Nintendo and getting a Mega Man copy in the mail if you're watching that Street Fighter movie Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, I like how that one com- really committed to the time frame. I know I, I like that though too. That's I got to give it credit for that. But um, yeah, I just look at them like, dude, it's just like so awesome. We're just fucking in that like scene where like Ryu's like climbing up the side of the fucking mountain in like India, 
and then he's like at the top up there, like fucking throwing punches against the, you know, the wooden statue with the fucking ropes on it, fucking at E Honda's house, which God knows why E Honda's living so far up in the mountains, but. I assumed that that was just a shack. I didn't assume that he was in Santa Rita Honda's house. I assumed that, like, that was a shack. And since he came by, he's like, Here, brother, here's some money. You, if it wasn't for you, I would have lost that fight. Oh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> cool. Look, can I crash on your couch? <laughs> yeah. Us Japanese got to stay together. Come on. Come on. Yeah. That, that's how I took that. I didn't take that as E Honda's place. Maybe it was. That makes a little bit more sense that way. But I like how uh, E Honda and Balrog, like, I think they last me, like, you know what? Everybody's had a moment. Shit, even T-Hawk and DJ had a moment. Uh, Balrog hasn't had a moment yet. Fuck. <laughs> Let's bring E-Honda back. What the fuck's E-Honda doing there? I don't know. He's just hanging out with them. I'm, All right, okay. See, I'm, I'm glad they I'm brought E-Honda back because E-Honda actually is one of my favorite characters. And I remember, like, it was a couple years ago, I saw, like, in, in, like, some type of official, like, publication, they did a voting thing, and they said that E-Honda was the least, like, Street Fighter character. And I'm like... E Honda, the least. Like, who the fuck doesn't like E Honda? And secondly, who the fuck is voting some of these Street Fighter Four characters higher than E Honda? That's all I. And three, there are some dumb fucking characters in three and four. I have to say, and I don't know why they are voted higher than E Honda. You know what I mean? I think this E Honda is like at least mid range in Street Fighter Two. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like because he's like a fat dude with a six pack, and he has this whole thing with honor. So it's like, how yeah. can you... And I mean, he can you fucking appreci- fly, practically. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's not my... He's not by any means one of my favorites, but he's oh, not no. by any means, like, one of my least favorites. He's not, like, my most hated character. It's not like he's, um... You're... I don't even hate this character, but it's not like he's, like, some of the... Like, Street Fighter Three. there are some fantastic characters in that, but there's so many forgettable characters. Like, Remy, fuck you. You wish you were Guile. Fuck you. You're not Guile. Well, there's a lot of, like, it, Street Fighter Necro. 3 is one of those games that's just filled with kind of, like, we wish we were this character character. Like, Necro wishes he was Doslim or Blanca. He's neither. He's yeah. not nearly as cool as either of them. Doesn't matter how, I don't care how much his arms stretch. I don't matter, care if he electrifies himself. He's not either of those guys. Fuck him. Yes, Alex is cool. Alex, yeah, Alex is a cross is... between Guile and Zangief. Yeah, no, and Alex is, like, one of the best too. ones in that. Yeah, he's cool. Ibuki's and Yin and Yang... Cool. Yeah, Yin and Yang. Yin and are Yang cool. are cool. Um, they both play like uh, they both play like I think Gen. Yeah, there is cool characters in three, but three was kind of filled with like I felt like half the roster kind of like sucked. It's one of those games that plays really fucking awesome, but I just feel like the roster's not like strong like Alpha Three. Alpha Three is just so strong. I think as you get the you got the Street Fighter characters, you got the Final Fight characters, and then mostly all the other characters they add in there are all sweet anyway. So nothing to complain mm-hmm. about. Yeah, yeah. But going to this movie, though, I think it's... I just kind of like think it's funny how, for a second, when they... when you, After you get, like, a short little fight with Balrog and E-Honda, they have that they have that total lethal weapon moment. Like, shit! <laughs> like, that's one of those things I don't think I'd see, like, in an anime, usually. I want... Like, that was... That, that is one more of those things where you think they're trying to reach for a wider audience. Just because of that humor right there. Because I could... I remember watching that in the PlayStation version, not hearing him say that. So, right there, watching this version again, like, oh, yeah... No, I, I love that kind of stuff. This is kind of funny. I don't know how I got on this, but it was just like only a couple weeks ago. I was flipping through Street Fighter stuff, and then all of a sudden I started seeing the covers. And the covers on the Super Nintendo game, like, I, I really want to know who the fuck was putting them together for that game. Because, like, 
the very first Street Fighter, just Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo, and I'll say this, this Genesis has fucking great covers, but the, the Super Nintendo has fucking odd choice covers. Street Fighter 2, it's got a picture of fucking, you know, uh, Blanca spinning in, but he's got, like, rape face, and Chun-Li's, like, you know, backing up in the corner, like, fucking... Blanca's gonna come by and rape him, and then God, uh, Ryu is laying on the ground, fucking dead, raped, murdered. I don't know what, but here's our main character. Our star of the show is just like laid out, fucking Blanca's flying in, rapey as can be, and Chun Li's backed up in the corner. And this is what they thought would be the perfect selling box art for it for children in the '90s when video yeah. games already had a lot of heat on them. And then, okay, here's the thing. Then they released the second version, Super Street Fighter or Street Fighter Two Turbo, and this cover is so odd to me. On the cover. It's E Honda and Sagat fighting each other. Just think about that. Those are the two it's characters they chose. Like, could you imagine Street Fighter V coming out with that cover? Like next, it's like T Hawk has like Dazlim in a headlock. And DJ like standing in the back. You know what <laughs> just I mean? Just waving. Yeah, just waving. You know, or he, or he does that pose like in Alpha? Like for some reason, when he wins in Alpha, he just shoves his hands in his pants and so starts diddling himself. Yeah, I always thought that was. I almost want to say he does that in Street Fighter Two as well. Like I want to say right. he he still does that in that game. It's like I always thought that was kind of weird. As a kid, you're playing that, you're like, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> and I'll say this: Don't you think that f- fucking um, DJ like looks like The Rock? Like he is like proto Rock. Because I started thinking about that. I'm like, okay, this movie's 1994. The Rock, he would have like just started wrestling but he would i don't think he would have even been popular yet because i don't think he even appeared in a video that's mostly always how you can tell how popular a wrestler is once they once they appear in a video game you know they're doing pretty good and then it's like god it's like you look at him it's like dude he was like almost designed for the rock to play him but like nobody would have known who the rock was yet yeah i bet he probably could have he just like kind of got that weird little like flat top kind of extension ponytail thing going on well the rock used to have sort of that flat top thing early in like the mid 90s Mm-hmm. So it's like all he needs is like the fucking long hair and yeah he's he's set to go. See, that I feel like DJ right is actually one of those characters like you could expand on DJ and I think he could be actually kind of a cool story oriented character. I know nobody's going to do that, but he's been here for years and people barely touched him. He um, let's see, we got this, we got the movie where he's just Bison's assistant. He just rolls his eyes, whatever everyone else says. Yeah, and then. There's the I, there is the video there is the uh, comic and I'm not sure maybe he's done something more recent and other issues but I remember that like the comic does a good job of incorporating everything but it also has a lot more time and I want to say he's just one guy they, that pops up in the tournament multiple times and he never really ma- plays a major part in any story so I don't know what if what if they just took a what if they just took a ballsy shot like instead of like you're right Legend of Chun Li didn't pan out like we hoped. We got the next one that's going to come around when the uh, when this franchise over. Oh, the Legend of Ryu, Legend of Ken, Legend of DJ. Like, oh, whoa, whoa, let's pump the brakes. What? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'd be pretty. And fucked. Wh- how fucked up would it be if that's the one that like just skyrockets it and like it almost makes it's kind of like Iron Man's its way into Street Fighter. Suddenly we see DJ in the front. <laughs> Of all the of the of the covers of upcoming games, <laughs> exactly like fucking, he's pushing like Ryu and Ken back and Chun Li even. Well, dude, here's the thing: if you did the DJ movie and you had the fucking Rock playing him, fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in there as DJ, come on, come on, I'd be down for that. No, I, if look, if they just made another Street Fighter movie, I'd be there, even if it didn't look that good, I'd be there because it's Street Fighter. I want, yeah. I, I'm going to go there and hope this is the one that pulls it in. So, if they did DJ. 
Now, if they did a DJ movie, shit, yeah, I'd check it out. I wasn't sure if that's the choice they should go with. I think that he's more of a side character by this point. But if they just if they had the balls to go full on main character, I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. But I'm just thinking, like, because they have a tendency, like, for instance, like an in X Men, how they had what's her name, uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, and for a while she was just a major side character, but then over time she became a much bigger act actor. So they started making Mystique the main character. And it's they make like her a good guy has, and everything. This character who has no business being like on like, you know, like leading the X-Men is now leading the, the fucking X-Men. Just because so, she's leading the pocketbook. Yeah, so I'm just imagining just like, you know, like seeing like this movie take off. You're seeing DJ <laughs> on T-shirts. Fucking like shooting Hadouken even though he doesn't shoot Hadouken. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be kind of weird but it, you know what I mean like you, if you just took a bunch of if, if you just did all the random characters you know I, I still like the idea of the fucking M. Bison like building the team movie and you start with the Vega one and it's fucking dark and violent and all this stuff and you're like what the fuck kind of like serial killer movie is this and then you go to Balrog and Balrog's just down it's like Raging Bull but just more extreme and then you get to like the Sagat one, and what Sagat was is that, like, you know, the, he had this big fight with Ryu, and it was a big deal and everything like that, and he lost, and now he has to live with the shame with it, but he's trying to build his reputation back. You know, I guess that sounds... I more- like the one just... That one sounds more like an artsy movie, like, he's just living in the shack, it's just follows him around a lot, it's almost like... like <laughs> What, like a Gus Van Sant movie. There's maybe like 10 lines of dialogue. He's just living out in the woods, just fishing by himself. Like once in a while, I just catch this long shot of him looking at the scar in the mirror, just like he rubs disgust. It. And he just like starts punching the mirror till his fists are bloody. Just keeps on smashing it. He's like, Tiger Fist! Exactly. And then you could even have, you could almost even do the cami movie of like her like fucking working with the British Secret Service and everything like that till she gets fucking captured by M. Bison and brainwashed in. Each one's a vastly different genre. <laughs> that's what that I mean. Like, like, oh, like, that one's all like, it's like spy espionage. Yeah, that's, that's really yeah. what it is. See, Cammy, yeah. I thought, was the coolest character of like the, the new, or the, what, it? what, what are they new called? New Challengers? It? New Challengers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Next Generation, but that's not what it's fucking called. Yeah, I always felt she was the coolest one. Out of T-Hawk, DJ, her, and even though I like Fei Long a lot, too. I know Fei Long's just a Bruce Lee ripoff, but Fei Long's fucking awesome. And I love the way he plays, too. Every 90s fighting game had a Bruce Lee knockoff. Uh, Tekken had it. Street Fighter had it. Yeah, because Tekken um, had Law. Dead or Alive had it. Dead or Alive had... Um, um... God, try I forgot his it. name. God. John Wing or something like that, or God, I'm, it's just one of those nights where I just can't. It's remember. A, it's an it's a, it's another Bruce Lee ripoff. That's all. Yeah, but I, you know, for all my dead or alive knowledge, and for how many times I've battled RJ against it, which I always think is kind of funny. It's like I don't know. I started thinking about this like later in time because that was like RJ's character, and he's Asian, so he has like the most Asian character as his character in the game. Going back to the character club, I don't want to call it that, but fuck. And something I think about Too like. Late. Did, did we just, like, slightly, like, not, like, peer pressure in, like, a mean way, but did, like, he choose that to be his character? Or did he just get voted in to be the Asian character, and then he just accepted it over time? I don't know. He's a big Bruce Lee fan. Um, no, well, yeah, he, 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 he loves Bruce Lee, so I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it was. But sometimes you start to question that. Yeah, me and him were trying to stump, like, some years back in high school, we were trying to stump each other with Bruce Lee knowledge, and I think he actually beat me. So, uh, yeah. 
But so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna assume that he probably wanted. I'm just gonna assume. But yeah, but um, but yeah. So there was always those kind of characters. But Fei Long is a really cool one. And it's just. He's a character that he gets used a little bit more than some of the other ones. You know, like in Street Fighter 2V, he's got kind of a big scene. And even in this Street Fighter 2 movie, he's got like a decent scene too, where he fights Ryu and he's shooting his motion pictures and so on. And then you've got the director guys like, where's that Fei Long guy at? He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, they have that line in there. And, and plus, that's, that's like Bruce Lee did have trouble with his, uh, with his director, so that makes sense. Yeah, so, you know, they kind of got that going, but, um, what I like about this movie, though, is I just, I like how they do get everybody in there. Everybody still has something. Even Zangief and Blanca, like, they don't really have, like, a real scene more than just, like, a boxing, or pretty much a fighting match in, like, Las Vegas, but the thing is, is at least they're in there. To me, it's like, once, once, I'd rather have characters be in there, even if it's just, like, almost like a cameo, than just, like, brush them off and try to only, I don't know, like, I know people try to do the thing where it's like, let's just focus on three at a time. To me, I feel like that very rarely works. And there, there's examples when it does do fine. Like, I mean, you could do a Batman movie where you only have, like, maybe three kind of main characters in it. You know, you got Batman, Commissioner Gordon, and, you know, Two-Face or something like that. I don't know. Or something weird. But I think for the most part, though, like, some of these video game movies, like, you don't want to skimp out on your characters. Like, I, I give the Dead or Alive movie credit, too, because it has just about every single character in there. You know, there's a couple of them, yeah, they're only in it for, like, a moment. And you kind of... I mean, you kind of wish certain characters were there a little bit longer, but at the same time, you're like, at least they showed them. I think that's cooler than not showing them. Well, this is... Street Fighter, I'm surprised Street Fighter is one of the only ones that not to do it, but like nearly every fighting game movie just does the Enter the Dragon thing, where they're all brought to some secluded area, it's ran by some kind of crime lord, and one of them has to, one, a few of them have to bust it from the inside. They make friends with one another, and there's always a couple of guys that work for the uh, boss that are fighting in the tournament as well to kind of keep things going. Uh, Dead or Alive did that. Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat did does that. that. There's probably another one getting by me that I'm forgetting did, at the moment. Did te- but, Tekken um, doesn't do that. I don't think Fatal Fury does, but I, th- I doesn't the Tekken live action movie do that? Ooh, the Tekken live-action movie might. can't remember. The Tekken animated movie definitely does that. They go to a secluded island. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, they, they go there and they do it. Okay, that makes sense. I, I was wondering if that one did. At some point, they release raptors upon people and all that. So, um, But uh, this this one right here, though, I heard th- I've actually literally heard a complaint about this. And this is just says to me, someone who probably doesn't play Street Fighter, doesn't play video games, or just doesn't fucking get it. Um, one of the complaints was this movie is really just kind of uh, there's loosely a story going on and then it's all strung together with fights which that's not wrong but what the fuck do you expect in something called Street Fighter? It's literally reasons for because it kind of gets in a moment for everybody to have a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not fighting each other but everyone at least has a fight. Like Cammy has an assassination at the beginning DJs knock around some thugs. They go say, "Hey man, just so you know, uh, there's some some guy named Bison's coming for you." Oh, that, they're coming after me. Oh damn, that's kind of an honor because they know that they're they're after me and, and all that. So then, and then right there, they like so we got a robot right. Yeah, stand right here. And that like all the robots like, oh, let me just uh, move my way out of here. And then Chun Li fucking kicks his head off. The, the surveillance robots. If they're surveilling the robots, don't just fucking put, like, a slap another piece of skin on the side of their fucking face. <laughs> yeah, you can see it's a cyborg from, like, a mile away. Yeah, that's just one little thing. So it is kind of like... And then, like, the whole part with, like, Bice... With, um... With Blanca and, uh, Zangief. That whole scene. 
that was literally just like Balrog just got the order from from a from a bison on some on some exposition. Like, okay, cool, we know what's gonna happen next. Meanwhile, everybody look over here, there's a fight. Yeah. And then after that fight, we just kind of move on to the next scene. And that makes sense though. I mean, I could sort of see what someone I mean, anything else, I would kind of get it. But for something that's Street Fighter, like, no, 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 that makes total sense. You got a reason to get all these fights in there. That's kind of it's more about the fighting first and foremost about this thing. And I'm gonna say this though, with with Asian movies, and this is why I think I've like I'm drawn so much to them is that a lot of those movies always have, and you know, this is like the last 40 years, they're filled with way more action than there is actually storytelling. But the weird thing is, I feel like I can almost get more out of a lot of those movies without having to like sit around and talk a bunch than sometimes American movies. And that's how I even feel of Street Fighter 2. It's like, I get like a lot out of this movie. Like, they don't have to sit down and talk and, you know, explain their feelings and all this kind of stuff. Like, I can get it. Like, if you just show me some panning shots of fucking Ryu out in the middle of the mountains in fucking Southeast Asia, I get a lot out of that. And that's almost how how I kind of feel. It's like, you don't... You get these characters' emotions and things like that, but they don't always have to say something. And Mm -hmm. I think it uses that kind of well in the movie. And it's one of the ones... Maybe it's like also, too, I've just been... I have this knowledge of Street Fighter just from all the games and all this stuff, and it's kind of built together. So maybe, like, when I look at these characters, I see a much broader approach than somebody who maybe just watches this movie. It's their first time. They don't know too much about Street Fighter. They don't know its legacy and so on. Maybe that's all they see is I just see a bunch of, like, fists being thrown and, you know, a couple bit of, like, chit-chat in between. Mm-hmm. I will say, though... This movie manages to... It's not really a whole lot going on in the story. It is pretty straightforward, but it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be all that complicated. It just needs to be... I, I will say it's kind of weird how Ken's just waiting on Ryu. It's just one of those total, like, I miss my boy. I miss my bro. But how he's just kind of waiting on Ryu to come back. Because it's really like, what's Ryu doing? Ryu's just chilling. He's just walking around. Mind his own business. You know, like a good... Like, a good, like just chilling. Not doing... Like like a good hippie. And then... then uh, Bison's looking to recruit whoever he can, and then Guile fucks it up. Like, hey man, I just want to let you know someone's looking for you. Oh fuck, he followed me. That's kind of the movie when it gets down to it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that totally is, and it's like you know Ken. But like, see, you get little story things. Like, what's Ken been doing this whole time? Well, he does. He enters like every tournament. Like, almost if this movie was a modern movie, Ken would be like you know the master champion of like the UFC. That's kind of who he is. He he wins every American and. So, uh, you know, all the official tournaments, Ken's the winner of them all, you know, and there's mm-hmm. just no challengers for him left. He, you know, he's at the top. There's nobody for him to beat. But the guy he trained with is the one guy that he wants to battle again, like, as a rivalry, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to bring the movie down by any means because this is probably one of my favorite 90s anime movies. I'm just thinking it's like it is a very straightforward story with not a lot going on, but that's totally fine because the animation's great the action is great and it really understands all these characters and so much so that the games actually took from this movie yeah exactly that's i mean like like i think the eliza character that's comes from this movie as well you know there's just all kinds of things and even the cool thing too is do you think about the flashbacks when like they show ryu and ken training and they almost have the look of the street fighter one game in it so yeah, this movie's almost made of so much love for the... It, it's amazing. It's made with so much love for the source material at a time when these were just games. You know what I mean? They weren't, like, more than that. Like, you know, nowadays video games are, like, they're beyond movies. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get... As much as I love movies, 
you can't get sometimes that same like emotional experience and story driven kind of story as you get in a video game in a movie. It's just there's something to be said about how much can be from a game. But at this time period, I mean, yeah, it's literally a game where you show up in the arcade, put a fucking quarter in, choose who you think looks coolest, and fight each other. And it's got cool graphics and, you know, hip music and special moves and so on. But that's, for the most people, that's all it was. So the, the idea is just to take this and really flesh this out and make it what it is and make it what becomes the legacy and make it what alpha becomes and so on. That's cool. Like, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like, I think about that. I'm like, if you consider just, like, video game movies, like, you know, both animated and live action, this might be, like, the ultimate representation of both of a video game movie as far as being just a perfect movie by itself and then also just being a perfect adaptation, too. Yeah. Like, I can't really find a whole lot to complain about. I mean, there might be one or two lines of just, like, really forced exposition. Like, my legs! I can't move them! Like, something small like that. But at the same time, though, it's an anime, so I get that. I kind of expect that. Um, so I really can't find a whole lot... Watching this movie again, I really cannot find anything really to complain about, realistically. If, if, I, if I was, I feel like I'd be nitpicking, you know? Oh, I, I totally agree, too. Like, I really... Like, at the end of the day, to me, this movie's pretty much like a perfect movie. Like, there's nothing really yeah it's nitpicking and i always feel nitpicking i don't even think that affects like a rating in my opinion in the movie like that that to me you can nitpick about you know all kinds of little things but does it really affect the core movie no like it it really is just like a total awesome movie and every time i watch it it takes me back because this movie is it was just a big moment for my life you know i think of it in the early it's probably the first like adult cartoon i ever saw i don't think there was anything else i saw before this you know because you you know, Ghost in the Shell came later on. Cowboy Bebop would have came later on. You know, Vampire Hunter D and so on. Like, this movie, you know, predates all that stuff from, like, my upbringing. Yeah, um, I know they actually brought on a martial arts expert to help choreograph the fights. And I was going to say, do you think... I don't think they were rotoscope, but they've definitely... They probably had to use, like... It wouldn't surprise me the way the how smooth all the trans all the transitions looked. It wouldn't surprise me the least bit if they actually recorded like an actual fight scene, like in live action, and then used that as reference throughout the fight. Oh yeah, they probably did. I mean, like you can sort of do like like rotoscoping without doing rotoscoping. I mean, like even Disney and stuff, they do that all the time too, and like Warner Brothers and whatnot. Like they sort of act things out, and they don't like necessarily you know like draw straight over it like rotoscoping does but they would still use those references and probably have like a playback footage of martial arts and so on i bet see that's the one thing about like japanese movies and anime movies is very very rarely do they have any really sweet special features and it's kind of a bummer because i would love to see special features on lots of these kind of movies it's kind of funny because they actually did a um movie video game for PlayStation for this. Which is kind of like, isn't it already the pre-existing game? Well, you know what's the weird thing is what it is? It's also on Saturn, too. It's um, it's like a Sega CD-style game. So you pretty oh, much... Oh, so dodge you, left, dodge right, that kind of thing. You play as the cyborg, and you have to go out and scan all the fighters. And yeah, you probably press A, press or X, Y, square, whatever, up, down, left, right, and you make the movie go on. And then the very end battle is you play as the cyborg versus Ryu. Mm-hmm. in a regular Street oh, Fighter really? 2 battle. So it's kind of like, almost like when you hear it like that, it actually sounds like, oh, okay, well, that's a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. So it's like you, you're you playing as a cyborg, and you're trying to just watch for distance without being noticed mostly, and you have to push 
buttons to make the bat to make the play on and continue. Yeah, so it's like when I hear that, it's like okay. I mean, it probably isn't that amazing of a game, but it's by being that different. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of intrigued. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, did you ever play the Street Fighter the movie game, like the John Claude Van Damme one, where it almost looks kind of like Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah, it looks just like Mortal Kombat. They use the digitized... people tell me it's a very solid game. Yeah, it's I have it for Sega Saturn. It it is. It's one of those ones. It's like it actually is way cooler than you'd think. It, it plays pretty smooth and everything. I mean, like, yeah, it's not as good as regular Street Fighter, but it's still one of those ones where you're like, that's kind of cool. It's just like a very alternative Street Fighter. And, I mean, all the characters play the same. I mean, Ryu plays the way you expect him, so it's not like you feel like it's anything different. It's just got cool digitized graphics. And, you know, I haven't played in a while. I should I should whip out that fucking Sega Saturn. And... To give credit where it's due, because I said they actually enlisted actual fight choreographers, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize. Kazuyoshi, um, Kazuyoshi Ishii and Ishii. Andy Hung. That's cool. Uh, I-S-H-I-I. I'm going to assume it's Ishii. Um, and Andy Hung. There were two guys who choreographed a lot of the fights. So, yeah. See, that's pretty sweet. So, I mean, you could just see there's, there was just a lot of quality put in this movie that you really just don't get that often in anime slash cartoon slash anything, you know what I mean, for that matter. I mean, like, you know, they, they, they were putting a bunch into it. I didn't even look up how much they spent to make this movie, but I bet you it's still a pretty penny comparative to, like, other mm. flicks. Let's see, what's I'm the say right here? Waiting. This of course it doesn't fucking Fighter. say it. They're like, it's Japanese. Really... It's not real I money. Couldn't... I couldn't find a lot of... Uh... I couldn't find a lot of um, information on this movie, probably because it was before a time where... It was a lot of it. Well, I mean, now, I mean, stuff was recorded and kept back then. But at the same time, it was probably like, oh, this is some Japanese thing that people aren't probably going to really care about. We're not going to take the time to translate it. And they never probably sent the time to send the files over to be translated. So it's kind of more word of mouth things that probably came overseas. And that see, that kind of comes to, like what, back to what I was saying about like how movies don't have special features. Does, does this Street Fighter have any special features on the one you have? I mean, it's it's just kind of your average. I mean, animes aren't don't usually have that many great special features. And going back and off my memory, uh, it, didn't, it doesn't have a whole lot. It has like tra- it has like um, some trailers and some TV spots for when it came out in England. And yeah. I don't I don't believe it had anything around the lines of um, it has you know like interactive character bios like that type of shit. But I don't think it had anything like the making of, which I, I wouldn't mind seeing more making of on animes just because I don't feel like they really do that a whole... They don't, at least they don't put it on the American DVD or Blu-ray. At least they haven't in a while because most recent stuff I've been seeing is much more shonen and kids in school uniforms and that kind of shit. So. But yeah, I mean, like even like in the special... You know, I think like other like anime ones, like the special edition of Cowboy Bebop, like... It's like this is like about if if you're lucky, this is the closest thing you'll get. Is they have like you know interview with the voice actors, and it's like that's you know I mean that, that's fine. I mean like that's cool for Cowboy Bebop, but for the most part, it's like the voice actors. It's like I, lots lots of those guys don't even remember fucking showing up. You know what I mean? They're like I don't know. I fucking was recording 15 shows at that time period. It was just one of them. I just came up and opened my mouth. Words came out. I went home. It's you know what I mean? Like. So lots of Steve times, Blum like, seems like he remembers pretty well. He he loves Spike. Well, no, no, well, yeah, that's different Everybody from Cowboy Bebop. Did. But like a lot of those guys, like they just don't oh, remember yeah, cer- yeah, certain yeah. shows they did. Even like guys, I you know, I really appreciate. I mean, it's, it's understandable when you're doing that much work. So it's like one of those ones, like that's not the same kind of making of. Like this is kind of weird because this isn't this isn't an anime, but it's close. 
is uh, I remember like a really sweet Japanese making of I saw was actually on Resident Evil 5. Like it came with the special edition and it had like a 30 minute like behind the scenes of making of and you know explain the technology and all the kind of different things and how they got the shots and so on. It's just like more of this. Why don't we see this very often from, you know, Japan? It's like I'm assuming they must be making that stuff and they just somebody in America just doesn't want to translate it. That's all I, I think about. But it's like, you know, you even get like a Miyazaki movie and very rarely do those even have special features on them either. It's like they might have an interview with the Disney cast. It's like, oh, fuck themselves. Where the fuck is like the, you know, where the f- get fucking Miyazaki out here? And you know, every once in a while they'll have one where it's just like Miyazaki just sitting there like talking in Japanese for 10 minutes. Very like subtle. Like why he likes Loop on the Third. And why he hates the industry and its fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because they want him to always do special features. But there's never, like... Because here's the thing. Disney has fucking, like, awesome special features for their movies where it's just, like, some guy's fucking drawing. He's like, oh, I didn't see you come in here. It's like, oh, it's like throw these jerk-off rags away. Okay. Well, you want to see the studio? Come on. Let's go take a look. It's like, I want to see that for, like, Japanese ones. So he's like, oh, I didn't see you come in here. Come on. Let's go check the studio. <laughs> There is this really, I, I didn't finish it, but I was really enjoying it. There's this great documentary called, I think, The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a documentary about the uh, workings of Studio uh, Ghibli. And it's following Miyazaki around on like uh, the last movie he actually was involved with, which the was Wind The Wind Rises? The Wind Rises, yeah. And it's, it, it was awesome. interesting. At some point, they show him like sitting there and bullshitting with. Um, one of his old protégés, the guy, I forgot, uh, Ano Hano, I forget what his name is, but the guy, the guy who made Evangelion. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, you know, that's just kind of interesting. Kind of like, wait, like, I, I just recognize the name and I stopped, because I, and I stopped looking like, oh shit, that's the Evangelion dude. So, and, um, him just talking about his philosophy and about making, and it was kind of interesting because he's one of those guys that actually, that actually went into anime. Like he was originally like, into political science and and um and uh and uh what was it it's political science and like earth science as well and then somehow stripped in to animation and then that shit came out through his narrative and he, he was actually angry that a lot more modern anime is just more repeating the same stuff like well this is an homage to this thing i grew up on or this is an homage to the thing that i grew up on where he says back when i did it it was just us making what was around us. We are experiencing the world. Anime is detached from real life now because it's so over the top and so bombastic. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, I, I see that problem going on right now in movies and TV shows and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, there's too much of these kind of shows coming out and, and slash movies where it's just somebody going like, remember how cool the 80s was? Well, I just want to make a show about like how I wish my 80s life would have been. And it's like, here's me doing all my favorite 80s things and I want to have all these like references. And I almost feel some of these shows, like I feel like they're almost made just to have reference. They're not necessarily made like, I mean, it's one thing to go like to have like a moment where you're like, you know, oh, I want to talk, I want to have this like lethal weapon moment or something like that. That's cool. But what when you kind of have a show where it almost just looks like, you really just wanted to, you know, like, I, I use this example. The Steven Spielberg movie really has, like, I mean, that Ready Player One. It's just, that guy that wrote it, it's like, he just wanted to have a DeLorean in his story, and he just wanted to have a Titan AE robot, and so on, and all these, or not Titan AE, I mean, um, fucking Iron Giant, Iron Giant, you know, and so on. And it, it's not saying that that can't be good, but sometimes I see that stuff, and it's just like, are you just referencing just the reference because you like it, or is that actually effective for your story? 
I'll say um, I know what you're talking about. Stranger Things is one that I think is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Stranger Things, that's, that's another example. I mean, the advertise the movie is just four kids standing in Ghostbusters outfits. And well, that is a that's that's a quick scene. It doesn't really. It's Halloween. So. But that, that's the thing, though. Is it's advertised as that. That's I'm not I'm not talking about how long the scene is. It's advertised as that. So it's almost like I look at that and it's like I wish I was Ghostbusters three. Is what it just looks like to me. Like we want to make Ghostbusters, but this isn't Ghostbusters. And it's not saying the show is that. But what I'm saying is, it's almost like it can't ride off of just like, here's the Stranger Things boys. You know what I mean? Like it's here's the Stranger Things boys in their outfits. that well, are ghostbusters then, uh, without going too much into that. Cause I actually not that going to mention that you said, if it fits the story that actually does fit the story because it, they're like the nerdy kids at school and they go like, okay, man, let's get, we're all, they're all amped up. They're excited. It's Halloween. They go in, they're the only ones in outfits. Like what the fuck? Like what, what happened? Like, no one dresses up in their Halloween costumes anymore, guys. What are you doing? Like, and they're like, um, uh, they all have to go to different classes. So just like, oh man, it looks weird if we're not all standing together at least, you know. So mm-hmm. then, so it's kind of like it actually does play a, a part of the story. It does play well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying like it's just it's literally just shoehorned in there. But there's also I think like a good, uh, the Goldbergs is like I think an example that just tries too hard. Yeah, to that, 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 that's another show that just like they shoehorn because I don't I've never seen the show, but you like every once in a while you'll catch a commercial for it. And it's just like this week we're doing you know like the uh, st- uh, it's not standby. Well, yeah, we're doing the standby me episode, and then this week we're doing the top gun episode and it's just like i just when i see that kind of stuff it's like you're literally just writing off the hopes that somebody goes i like top gun maybe i'll check this episode out and it just i don't know it just it almost comes back to like i think of robin williams and aladdin and it's be yourself and i know that sounds fucking corny and weird but that's what i think of is like be your fucking self you're not fucking prince ali you're fucking aladdin own up to that shit and just come out there and just like whip your dick out and hope that tiger doesn't bite it off but that that's just all that was in the original draft. <laughs> just whip your dick out. Look, I appreciate I appreciate the bravery, but let's pump the brakes a minute and uh, let's just go another go. Come on, man! The kids need to hear this shit. Well, we could just we could have them. The kids could hear this stuff, but we could just change some of the verbs, some of the adjectives, and some of the nouns around, and it's going to come out just fine. Get the same message across don't you worry like oh man there's a bunch of bullshit like we're not allowed to swear here in disney only the mouse can swear <laughs> yeah only the mouse can swear you're goddamn right motherfucker <laughs> uh, but you know it's like there's that seth rogan show that i, I see the commercials for at the movie theaters and that's all that sh- that show seems like they just want to reference 80s things all day long it's like what's is this the a- seth rogan show I-, I can't remember what it's called but they just show commercials for it left and right at the theater and yeah, it's just like literally just feels like it's just full of references. Like that's all the show is about. It's just like, let's just reference eighties things all day long. And I, I mean, like I get, it. it's like, you like that stuff. I mean, I like eighties and nineties things too. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like if I, if I'm going to make a reference, like I want it to be like, it fits, like it's a natural fit. It's not like a shoehorned in to almost get more sales. Cause that's how a lot of times references feel is when I see somebody it's like, oh, because I think in that one they're they're making some kind of like movie in the TV show or something like that, and it's almost kind of like let's say it's like RoboCop-ish. I can't fucking remember, but like they just get too into that, and it's just kind of I, I don't know. I, I just I, I look at that sort of stuff, and it, it feels weird. And I think that's what that is coming all back around to Street Fighter and all that stuff, like and talk about anime is I think too many people like 
they see things that they like and they almost just want to redo what they like. And we've seen this before. Like this perfect example is Comic Cons and you see some of the independent artists and you see some of their books and you open them up and they just, you literally open things like, I wish I was G.I. Joe or mm-hmm. I wish I was Dragon Ball Z or I wish I was Batman. And I just feel like stop referencing things. Just be, you know, once again, be your fucking self. And like, if you got a good reference that does work, cool. There is a time and a place where it can work marvelously. But there's many a times where I feel like somebody, a lot of people, they, they just wish they were creating something that's not theirs. But they don't have mm-hmm. the licensing for it or they have to go in some kind of weird way about it. And I don't know. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. No, I get you. And that's what Miyazaki was basically saying. He was saying that it's just like a lot of the anime industry and a lot of other things just have this tendency to completely recycle itself to the point of like everyone's just making an homage from stuff that they're the people before they're homaging and all that and it just cannibalizing he says like the way people act in anime they don't fucking act like that in real life people he, he i think he said something like people assume this is how japanese people act because in our anime but it's just the anime just keep on ripping each other off so that's so it's just detached from reality and it's like one of those things i still like anime but i get what he's saying because there is this kind of like uncanny thing that you know you see in a lot of anime sometimes yeah, and the thing is, you can always say is, like, a Miyazaki movie's always... There's always something way different about a Miyazaki movie than a lot of other animes. And I think that's what makes well, his... Well, even... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's also what makes his movies sell a little bit easier to, like, a Western audience, is that it has a little bit more, like... Even though, even if it could be, like, hardcore Japanese, like, storytelling, it generally is something that's, like, oh, okay, it's not over-the-top, it's not weird, it's... It's still like a uh, easily digestible story, I guess you can say, that's, that's executed very well. And I'm going to bring this back to Street Fighter in a second, but a good example of like a Miyazaki anime, for instance, is like he'll like let you know what a character is about in like within one minute, sometimes before you even see him. He uses like a lot of that really old school filmmaking techniques. Like when Porco Roscoe, before you even see his face, he's just, you know, sitting there sleeping. You see his feet stretched out on, like, a table. You see booze. You see cigarettes. You see pictures. You know, so right there, and just he's like, mm, hello, yeah, yeah. We see he's by a plane. We already know everything we know about that guy just from that scene. And mm-hmm. while he's talking to the guy on the phone, you see with his legs, he kind of picks the table up, kind of adjusts it slightly, and puts his legs back on it. Like, you don't usually see those kind of small, subtle animations in other yeah. anime, not too frequently. And I'll say that this might seem a little shoehorned in, but Street Fighter, not to the level of Miyazaki movie, this movie has some of those things that I noticed. Like some of those small little subtle details. Like right when Cammy, oh, here's the funny thing. The guy Cammy assassinates at the beginning, he has the same last name as the guy who produced the live action Street Fighter movie. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny too. Um, when she goes to him and she gets kind of, she looks him in the eye for a minute, she gets kind of like a faint smirk. Hmm. It's very, very subtle, and it's not even kind of like a very exaggerated, but it's just a very faint, su- subtle smirk, and you don't. But it, her eyes almost look like these creepy, like doll-like eyes, and it's just like some small things like that are what you don't really see in anime too much. And when I and I know a lot of people right now are be thinking, "What are you talking about? Like a subtle smirk? Every time like a bad guy dodges an attack, <laughs> like you haven't seen my final form." <laughs> Not that, but it's so subtle, though. It's like one of those things, like when you see this movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or other aspects of just like like some of Ken's mannerisms when he's with Eliza. 
you know, and I'll even say this. I think Street Fighter 2 actually is on the same level as Miyazaki. You know, some people might go, that's fucking blasphemy. But I'm like, no, dude, that, that animation is fucking top-notch. Story-wise, I think it's fucking awesome. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think it is up there. And if anybody maybe says, like, anything corny, a guy go, well... It could be a dub issue. That might be about the only thing where someone might be able to kind of nitpick that. But um, at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those ones, like, I think it is, like, same. I'll say I like this movie more than a lot of Miyazaki movies. And I love Miyazaki, but, like, I would say I'd like Street Fighter a little bit more. That might just be because it has right. a little bit more legacy I definitely like this one more. I definitely like this one more than The Secret World of Arietti, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's still a good movie, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, hell, I don't know. It's like the only one that might like compete for it with me is maybe like Princess Mononoke. But God, I, I'll say this: I think I still like Street Fighter more than that one. I love fucking Princess Mononoke, but I mean, once again, it's Street Fighter. It's got Ryu and fucking Ken. It's got the lifestyle I wish I had. So maybe that's the reason. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I really love Nausicaa and the Valley of the Winds. That's a great one. Princess Mononoke and... Uh... I, that's, I mean, they're all great, but I, I don't know. I think I like Street Fighter. I mean, once again, I think I'm also basing the legacy of everything Street Fighter probably yeah. into it. It's got more of an impact. It's not like these other ones have everything, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's not... just... Nausicaa, Valley of the Winds just needs to step up their game and make more video games and make more books and maybe they have to have more to compete against. Exactly. Well, that's also an old movie too. By this point, that's like yeah. Miyazaki's like second movie, the first Studio uh, Ghibli one. I just like something about that eighties, that that eighties anim, anime style. You know? Oh yeah, no, I that, I love eighties anime. It's like one of my favorite things. That and I love seventies anime a lot too. When people go, that's fucking weird, but it's like I don't know what it is. Like Japan was always way ahead compared to like American stuff. You know, like sixties animation in America is great, but sometimes seventies and eighties animation is fucking weird in America. It's just because everybody like gave up at a point. Not saying there's not good stuff, but like in if Japan, we ever do we, we got to ask him first? But if we ever do a retrospect on Vampire Hunter D, we got to see if uh, Frank wants to come back on. Oh yeah, because he likes that one. I... So we, we I, I was thinking about that because I started. You know, it was like once you start doing one movie, you start thinking about other things. I'm like, you know. Fucking Vampire Hunter D would be sick to do. You know, another one that would be pretty awesome would be, um... Fuck, I... I like, I, liked, I like Bloodlust. I think I actually like Bloodlust more, but I still like the, the art style and the look, and even the story of the original 80s one, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think the art's my favorite part about Vampire Hunter D. I'll say, I actually think, like, the art and the look of it outweighs the movie itself, but it's still a cool one. Um, you know, something like... Another one, I pulled it out that because you might not have it but the upside to anime movies is you can pretty much watch them all off youtube so it makes it kind of easy if you don't have one but uh, i was yeah. thinking like the fatal fury movie because that one's actually really good too that feels very i didn't i'd actually never seen that one i'd be curious about that one fatal fury always just seemed kind of like we wish we were street fighter and i know it's been a long long enough it probably has its own voice and it's it's a good game but it's still it's like terry you're not re, you're not ken come on I don't care how much you, how long, how long your hair gets you and Ken. Well, I'll say is it's like one's like Fatal Fury really is like we wish we were a Street Fighter, but I still love Fatal Fury and King of Fighters a lot. I mean, like it's you know Street Fighter's still ahead of it, but you fucking give me a King of Fighters game and I am fucking there. Like I love King of Fighters. Oh, Capcom versus SNK is such a fun game. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that, that game too. So it's like one's one's like, and I like those characters a lot. But the 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 Fatal Fury movie is pretty fucking awesome. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. and I th- I, that one still holds up because I watched it only a couple of years ago too, and it's like pretty sweet. But we talked about Street Fighter for quite a long time, and also sadly enough, we were supposed to have Wes from the Via VHS podcast on this episode, 
and due to his moving situation and his internet was just giving him trouble, which we totally understand. We know, we know the fucking internet trouble, but we weren't able to have him on, which is kind of a bummer because apparently it was his first time watching Street Fighter 2. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but it's like, oh, okay. I think at first he thought we meant like the Street Fighter movie, and I've even sent another like, twi- twi- I'm like Twitter message. And I was like, just, yeah, I just want to make sure it's the, the animated one, you know, and he got that too, but yeah. So we're going to have to have him on again soon. I don't know what movie we'll do, but we'll find something. I was, I tried to pick like a random movie that's not on his podcast list so that you know we can have something fun to watch between all of us. But we'll have to have him on and go from there. But Street Fighter Two, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it in a while, I mean you can watch it on YouTube if you want, but you're probably better off getting a Blu-ray and getting a good copy of it. You know, getting something that's going to look nice on your screen because this is like it's not just any anime; it's like the anime, uncut version if you can. Yeah, uncut one, which I think. The Blu-ray one, if you go on Amazon, like the main Blu-ray one that comes up, that one should be totally fine. It's like 20 bucks for some stupid reason, but other than that, though, you know, it's at least good to go. But, yeah, check that out. Make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Check out Pizza Boys, the comic. Pizza Boys with a Z. It's on both Amazon and Comixology. Good fun times to be had there. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.